Twin Cities Orthopedics is proud to be the official sports medicine provider for Tommy Athletics. TCO is trusted by some of the biggest names in sports, and they bring that same level of care to our athletes. Thank you, TCO, for being a part of our team. Visit TCOMN.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, a weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. I'm Corbu Status, and this week our guest is Sam May, a junior from the track and field team. We talk about going from maybe not even pursuing track in college to being a conference champion, some pole vault basics, and the mental grind of the heptathlon's final event. We also talk about coming back from an ACL injury, neuroscience, his love of film, and much more. Now, here's our conversation with Sam May on another edition of Tommy Talks. Sam, welcome into the podcast. The first question always out of the shoot here on the podcast is why St. Thomas? What made you decide to come to St. Paul and join the Purple and Gray? Sure, yeah. So in 10th grade, I got recruited by the track and field team. Um, and then 11th grade year came, and, you know, that was the COVID year, so no other teams were really recruiting anybody. Yeah. And then my senior year came, and I actually had no interest from any other schools. And so I was kind of thinking about just quitting track altogether and just going to college to be a normal student. And uh, my mom had heard from some of her friends that the University of St. Thomas was a great university, um, good education, good class sizes, good professors. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to the University of St. Thomas just for academics. And uh, it ended up working out to where I was able to get a spot on the track and field team also. So that was pretty lucky for me. Yeah. When did you decide that you were going to try out for the team? Um, well, so my senior year, my, uh, one of my coaches actually knew the head coach here. Yeah. And he sent him an email, and he was like, you know, I've got this kid. You know, he's decent. I don't know if he's quite Division One decent, but he's pretty good, and I think yeah. you should give him a shot. And so they, they kind of looked at my times, my marks, and they're like, yeah, we can give this kid a shot and see if he can do something on the team. And you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that like for you? Was it nerve-wracking going in and trying out, or was it? did it feel like you were playing with house money at that point? Um, It's a little nerve-wracking. Um. But honestly, I was just like, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I don't make the team. And so I just kind of went out, showed up at practice every day, did my best, and it worked out for me in the end. So Yeah, and a couple of years later, you, you're winning the heptathlon. Yeah, yeah. So I would say you're a little better than decent. <laughs> yeah. uh, was there a moment when you realized, okay, yeah, not only am I good enough to make this team, I'm good enough to compete to, to win some things here? Yeah, um, so my freshman year, I was pretty bad. <laughs> and then uh, my sophomore, or the the summer of my freshman year, I really was like, man, I think I can be good at this. You know, like, I've got a good frame. I just need to add some muscle and get faster. And so I really went to work my, my freshman offseason. I was sprinting all, like, three times a week, um, lifting almost every day. I started to do some Olympic lifts. And I really just, I developed a, a strong foundation of strength and power which I had lacked my freshman season. Yeah. And so then going into the sophomore season, you know, my very first heptathlon of that year, I went out and put down a 51-43, which for me was like a 600-point a PR, which was huge. And I was like, yeah. holy crap, like maybe there's something like that. I <laughs> Maybe there's something there for me. And so that kind of gave me a lot of confidence going into the season. It, it's, I imagine getting that first year of experience of what it takes to compete was really informative in what you had to do to train to get to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. It really, my freshman year really showed me where a lot of my weaknesses were. And 
it was clearly in the, the strength and power department for me. How did you put that plan together? Did you have some help from the university or from the strength coaches? Um, yeah, I had. So one of our former coaches, who is now at NDSU, um, he, he wrote like a sprint training program for me that summer. So I, I just I did that diligently that summer. And then um, our javelin coach also wrote me a strength training program, which was focused on Olympic lifts. And I, I did that also diligently. And that really that's really what transformed me into the athlete that I was that year. Tell us the events in the heptathlon. <sighs> okay, let's see if I can remember. So <laughs> so the heptathlon is a two-day event. So the first day we got 60-meter dash, long jump, high jump, and shot put. And then the second day we have the 60-meter hurdles, pole vault, and then the 1,000-meter run. Okay. What's your favorite? Uh, for indoors, my favorite event is probably pole vault. Yeah. Um, yeah, pole vault for sure. That's kind of a fun event. I mean, it's yeah. scary, yeah. right? When's the first time that you actually did a pole vault? Um, my freshman year on, on campus. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay. So for those who aren't familiar with the pole vault, I would imagine everybody is, right? You're running down, you stick the pole in the ground, and you go up and over. Yeah, yeah. That's got to take, um, you got to be a little bit fearless. Yeah, it's definitely nerve-wracking. I mean, every time I'm on the runway, I'm like, holy crap, like I'm really doing this. Yeah. And you, you kind of just, you kind of learn to have just a full send mentality, you know, because sometimes like, so you'll be pole vaulting and you'll, ha you'll have like a pole that bends good. And then all of a sudden that pole is bending too much. And so you're not able to get the, the like, uh, the bend, whip. yeah, the yeah. whip from it that you yeah. need. And so sometimes you have to go up to a pole you've never been on before. The issue with that is sometimes you don't really know how to bend that pole yet. And so right. sometimes that pole can punch back at you and not bend at all. And so you might not make it into the pit. And so it's really intimidating when you're on a new pole trying to get into the pit because you're like, I'm either going to make it or I'm not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no other way. That's so interesting. I had never thought of that. I mean, I just see people running along with the pole bouncing and you put it in the ground yeah. and you go. So do you have to break in a pole? How does that work? Um, you don't really have to break in a pole. It's more of like a confidence thing, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's kind of knowing like I've been on this pole before and I know I can bend it. Okay. Versus when you're on a pole you've never been on, you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like this could bend or it could not. And right. I just don't know. So do you don't have your own personal, everyone's just grabbing from a bunch of different poles or how, or does everybody um, kind of have so, their own personal? Yeah. So we usually bring around like 10 to 15 poles to me and they're all kind of within like, um, our specifics for what we need to vault over the bar. Okay. And so a lot of a lot of the multis on our team, our poles overlap, so we kind of use the same ones. Right. But no, there's not really like an individual like specifies po specific pole for each individual. Yeah. Do you golf at all? I do golf. So yes. is it like a shaft where you have like a, you know, the the high speed shaft where it doesn't whip as much, whereas yeah. the lower speed w would be a little bit whippier, similar to that? Yeah. Kind of, yeah, because there's, like, like poles. The differences in poles is, like, some certain poles have certain, like, weight numbers on them. So there's, like, a, there could be, like, a 13.6-150 pole and a 13.6-160 like pole. And the 13.6-150 pole might bend a lot more than the 13.6-160 pole. Okay. So it's kind of, kind of like that, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, just to help to get you over depending on where the – Yeah, yeah. To help level the field, so to speak. So if a, a heavier runner versus a lighter one, something right, like that. Right, right. Like my teammate Nate Raditz is on a much fatter pole than I am usually. Yeah. Good old Nate. We had him on once. He was yeah. a good dude. Yeah. Um, so when you did win the heptathlon, I mean, what was that moment like for you to think back where you're like, I'm not even going to go 
yeah to to participate in track and field now here i am winning at the division one level in the summit league yeah it was pretty shocking like when i was standing on the podium i was like holy crap like i actually did this like i did not think this was gonna happen um but i mean i i almost didn't win it my teammate jack rosner was actually so i had a really good first day i was sitting in a pretty good position but my teammate jack rosner it's a really good second day multi like yeah. very very good and uh, he only lost to me by, like, nine points, which is, like, nothing in the heptathlon. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot closer than I th – well, it was very close. Jack's a very yeah. good athlete. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't believe I won it because – so it was, like, the last lap of the 1K. And, you know, it was, it was really close between me and Jack. And I was like, I might lose this, actually, to Jack because he's, like – he's a very good 1K runner. And so I yeah. just was like – well, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to run my race and whatever, you know, if, if I win, I win. But if I don't, I don't. And then I ended up winning. I was like, wow, like I actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a unique position to be in, too, where you're going against your teammate. Yeah, yeah. I try not to think about it because I try to – I don't I don't really classify myself as, like, a super competitive person, like, against other people. I like to just be competitive against myself. Mm -hmm. But in situations like that, it's like, man, like <laughs> – I kind of got to think about him now a little bit too, and right. that that kind of helps push me a little bit more to the through the race. Yeah. So when you're in a race, you're obviously thinking about what you want to get done in that race. Yep. But are you also like noticing people around you? Okay, like I got to catch them, or I just got to stay ahead of this person right here. Yeah. So going into a, like a race like the one K, you kind of have an idea of what you need to run to get a certain amount, like the the score you need. So like your coaches will be like, all right, you need to run like a, a 255 1K to like win this to win this meet because that'll mm -hmm. give you the points you need. Or like they'll say, you can't let this person run past you because if they beat you by like two seconds, then they're going to beat you in the overall right. like, event. So yeah, it can be very, <laughs> it's very difficult because the 1K is a very like exhausting event. And so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to like race it knowing you have to run a certain time, but then yeah. also like not feeling your greatest and so it's very psychologically demanding because you're like i have to run this time but i also feel like crap and i want to die right because <laughs> so it's the last event right You've yeah it's the last the event after everything and so you have like nothing left and multis usually don't train distance very well i mean we're all yeah. like we're all like 180 pound 190 pound guys trying to run a, a thousand meter event which is not designed for our bodies right and how is that four laps Five. Um, indoor, indoors is five laps. Five laps. Five laps. Yeah. So At a pretty fast pace. <laughs> right. Right. It's one thing. It's 10 laps where you can maybe 20 laps where you can pace yourself a little yeah. bit. This one's not quite a sprint. It's very exhausting. <laughs> Ooh. So, okay. How mentally, how do you get yourself through that race? <sighs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's I mean, how it is, right? Uh, the hardest part of the race is for sure the third and the fourth lap. The first two laps, you kind of just blink and they're gone. Mm -hmm. The third lap, you start to feel it a little bit, but the fourth lap really tests you. Yeah. Um, and that's usually where I die off. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last lap isn't bad because it's like you got all your adrenaline going and you're just, you're just going to kick. Right. But yeah. The, the fourth lap and the third lap really suck. Yeah. The fifth lap, you know this is it. Yeah, yeah you're like, I'm done. After yeah. this, I'm just going to finish. There's something about running when you know that you're that much closer where it <laughs> really does take all of the pressure off. Yeah. Okay, so how did you get into track? Um, so <laughs> I was a basketball player until seventh grade. And then in eighth grade, we had this um, really good cross-country coach at my high school. His name was Jerry Pop. I think he's in the uh, Minnesota Hall of Fame for coaching. But mm -hmm. 
he was very good at recruiting middle schoolers to cross country. Yeah. And so he recruited me to cross country. And so I started running cross country in eighth grade. And then he was like, Sam, I think you would be a good track athlete. Like you should try track. And so I went and tried track and had a pretty good year. Got moved up to varsity my eighth grade year. Um, wow. I started off hurdling and high jumping and triple jumping. And then um, from there, it just kind of, you know, evolved. I did, I did uh, cross country my, from eighth grade to 12th grade. Um, and then I also did track and field from eighth grade to 12th grade. Yeah. And did you play basketball in between there I too? I did play basketball also, yeah. yes. And you went to, what's the high school in Wilmer? Uh, Wilmer Senior High School. Okay. That's what it's called, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you get out state, they start combining yeah, yeah. them all. Yeah, No, it's just, it's just the name of the town. Yeah. <laughs> Wilmer High School. So then, um, I would imagine there was a bunch of triples, uh, three sport athletes, right? A little bit easier. Yeah, there's a good amount. Yeah. Uh, did you ever think about trying to go to college for basketball? Um, not really. I mean, I enjoyed basketball, but it wasn't like my true passion. Yeah. As soon as I discovered Jack, I was like, wow, like I really enjoy this because with basketball, I kind of got bored because I was just kind of doing the same thing over and over. Right. But with track, it's like there's four different events I can try and learn to master. And so it really, it really like stimulated my mind. And I was like, I can try and master hurdles. I can try and master high jump. I can try and master jumps. Yeah. And so it was very, very fun for me. Are you one of those people that does like the new experience where it's you enjoy like one of the things I loved about college is that you'd change classes every semester. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit new and it was a little bit different. And I liked that mental stimulation. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. Like that's, that's why I think Maltese is perfect for me. Cause it's, yeah. you know, indoors I'm doing seven different events outdoors. I'm doing 10 different events and each event presents their own challenge that I have to try and figure out. And so I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. So last year you didn't get to participate in outdoor cause you tore your ACL. Yes. <laughs> What was that like? And tell us how the rehab went. And that had to be hard to. When's the last time you went a season without playing a sport? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very. It was very tough. Um, so I tore my ACL like a week after I won indoor conference playing mm. basketball of all things with oh, my friends. Yeah. I know I was because so between indoors and outdoors we have about a three week period where we just yeah. have nothing. So I was just trying to take my mind off track, you know, enjoy my life, and <laughs> I tore it playing basketball, which sucked. Um, but yeah, you know, at first I was kind of disappointed. I was pretty bummed, but I was like, yeah. pretty quick. I was like, you know, I can't do anything about this. Like I tore it. I can't untear it. And so I just kind of had to be like, all right, like move on, leave that in the past. And all I can focus on is getting ready for next season and making myself the best athlete I can in the process of getting ready for next season also. Yeah. So that was less than a year ago. Yeah. I tore my ACL March 3rd. So almost a, a full year. So yeah. Yeah. W when did you feel like you were now healthy and ready to go out and compete or at least pushing <laughs> yeah. it to see yeah so i'd say i first started returning to practice in like a more intense manner about three weeks ago okay so i, I started fully sprinting at 100 percent fully yeah. pole vaulting um there's still some things i can't really do like i can't really hurdle at 100 percent yet or yeah. long jump at 100 percent yet um but yeah about three weeks ago i returned what was that like for you mentally to test that out yeah, it's intimidating for sure because the last thing you want to do is retire your ACL a year right. later. Right. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, that's still a mental battle I kind of go through on a daily basis. I'm like, how far can I push without, you know, possibly re-aggravating it? So I'm trying to find the balance between pushing enough to where I'm returning and, you know, becoming a better athlete again, but also to where I'm not, like, risking my the integrity of my knee. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to find that balance. That's that got to be like the third and fourth lap and yeah. that 1k right yeah. like just a mental grind 
Yeah. I mean, thankfully, thankfully track, does, you don't really move laterally too much. So mm-hmm. it's more of a more of a linear sport. And so it's I'm not worried about it too much. But there are some events where it's a little, a little sketchy. What was the worst part of rehab? <laughs> the worst part of rehab for me was getting the range of motion in my knee back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, I just my knee would not bend to 90. And it was very painful trying to get that back because all the scar tissue buildup in my knee was just... It's not a fun experience. I mean, no. you're, you're trying to bend your knee, and it feels like somebody's sticking a knife, like, in the side of your quad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That does not sound like fun. We can move on to a different topic. <laughs> uh, let's talk about neuroscience. Are you still a neuroscience major? Yes, I am a neuroscience major. What do you want to do with that? Um, I want to go to medical school when I graduate, okay. eventually. Doctor, nurse? When it- uh, I'd like to be a doctor, yeah. Yeah. A uh, certain field? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I thought about going like radiology because I'm kind of a shy introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's other fields I've, I've thought about. Um, I just watched a podcast the other day, um, with Dr. Huberman and he, and he interviewed a urologist and I thought that was kind of interesting, Yeah, uh, kind of an interesting practice, but. And I, I just had a neighbor tell me about him. He is from Stanford, right? Yes, he is. And he's got podcasts. They're like two hours long. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's got to be fun for you. Got neuroscience guys catching somebody like that, where all yeah. sorts of different topics. Yeah, it's very inspiring to see like everything that you can actually do with yeah. the neuroscience background. Is that like going to the doctor store where you get to see? Oh, this is what this experience would be like, and you kind of get to flip through the catalog and see. Oh, this this could be a field of interest. That yeah, like. yeah. I'd say it's it's uh it's kind of an introduction to a field. I feel like you'd probably need to shadow a doctor to truly find out like what it's like. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say. I'd say watching a podcast like that kind of can help spark your interest of what you think is is the most fun field for you. What drew you to neuroscience and to being uh, going into the medical field? Yeah, um, I don't really know. I mean, I was I was good at science in high school, and I I was a pretty compassionate person. I was very uh, I always I was very caring and um, concerned about other people, and so yeah. I was like, I think I could combine the both of those passions. You know the the care for other humans and also the um, intelligence I have with science yeah. and use that in the field of medical medical practice. You say that in the past tense, you're still compassionate, though. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, well, let's ask, let's, are your three siblings, would they say that you're compassionate? I hope so. <laughs> are you the oldest or the, where do you um, fall? I'm a middle child, so I have, I have one older sister one younger sister and one younger brother. Okay. And so help me th- with your siblings' names because I don't want to mispronounce sure. it. Um, so my older sister, her name is Saren. Okay. My younger sister, her name is Keziah. And my younger brother, his name is Ezra. And those are all very different names from Sam. Yeah. They're, they're very odd. I have the only normal name. <laughs> yeah. And then your dad's name is Dan and your mom's name is Jill. Yes. So how do they come up with those names? So my younger siblings, Ezra and Keziah, their names both come from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, they both come from the Old Testament, but but they chose odd Old Testament names. Yeah. Um, and then my older sister, her name is a little more unique. So my dad's middle name is Aaron. My mom's middle name is Suzanne. Okay. And so they combined both Suzanne and Aaron and yeah. made the name Saren I like for my it. older sister. Yeah. So, yeah. And then how'd they come up with Sam? Is it short for Samuel, also from the Bible? Yes, yes, it's short for Samuel from the Bible also, yes. Okay, so I would imagine religion was a big part. Yeah, my dad was a pastor for 15, 20 years. Nice. Yeah. Uh, What's he doing now? 
Um, currently he is like a, he's like a financial advisor for pastors now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he helps them with like retirement and yeah. like fin- anything financial related. Yeah. What about your mom? Um, she was a fitness trainer for a while. Now she kind of, I think she's a personal trainer at nursing homes. Okay. So, yeah. So athletics always a part of your family's life? Yeah. Yeah. Athletics has always been a part of my family's life. Both my yeah. parents played basketball in college and high school. So. Okay. Where did they go to school? They went to a tiny Bible college up in Bemidji um, yeah. called Oak Hills Christian College. They were just in the news recently. Yeah, they just got blown up by NDSU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how did so. your parents feel about that? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, obviously, it wasn't a highlight for them. <laughs> no, no, that was a... Uh, I, I would imagine the basketball team was a little bit better when the, your parents were. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty good when my dad played. Yeah. Uh, what about your siblings? Are they into athletics? Um, my older sister, she was a gymnast when she was little, and she's actually who got me into cross country, so oh, I wow. probably can thank her for my track career, because yeah. without her, I probably wouldn't have done cross country or track. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't do any sports in college or anything. Um, my little sister, she plays volleyball. Yeah. Um, and she actually goes to Oak Hills Christian College. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay, cool. She plays for their little team up there. Yeah. And then my little brother, um... He's a football player and a track athlete also. Nice. And he's he's trying to follow my footsteps and become a, a multi-athlete as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And possibly come here to St. Thomas? Possibly. I yeah. Think, I think he would enjoy that. Seems like there's two options, Oak Hills <laughs> or St. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, were you guys a competitive family? Um, Kind of. I think I'm the least competitive person in my family, which is kind of odd. My little brother is super competitive, which yeah. I don't know where he... I mean, my mom's also really competitive, so he probably got it from her. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm like a super chill, not very competitive dude. My little brother is pretty competitive. My oldest sister is also very competitive. Yeah. So is my well, my younger sister, too. So I don't know what happened to me. But. <laughs> you had to find the spot, yeah. right? So if you guys are playing board games, you're the one who's like, nah, this is fine, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. they're the ones who are tossing the board if yeah, they lose. I try to I try to resolve conflicts. <laughs> That's right. That's because you're an empathetic, caring kind of guy. Yeah. Right? Do you, as an introvert, so I'm also a little bit of an introvert. Yeah, I, yeah. I prefer, I like my alone time. Yeah. And I think there's different kinds of introverts. There's ones who are just shy. Yep. But maybe you're an extroverted introvert where once you get to know somebody, you're fine. Yeah, I'd say I'm the latter. I definitely, like, at practice, my teammates probably think I'm, like, the weirdest person there because I'm I'm always doing, like, crazy stuff to them. Yeah. But it's only in, like, it's in the, in a small group, I can be a pretty extroverted guy, like a group right. of, like, five people. Yes. As soon as it gets to, like, ten or more, I just kind of keep to myself, just kind of observe people, listen to what they're saying, yeah, and just kind of pay attention to stuff. I like to say that my perfect spot is a table by myself in a crowded coffee shop. Yes, yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah, that's the best because then you get to watch and observe yeah. and just take it all yeah. in. Because I don't like to be alone, but I just don't like to talk to a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. Nailed it right <laughs> on the head. All right. Well, you and I are going to keep talking because that's what this whole thing is here for. Uh, what was it like growing up in Wilmer? Did you like the small, smaller town and then coming to the big city? Yeah. So actually, before I moved to Wilmer, so I moved to Wilmer in fifth grade. But before that, I actually did live in St. Paul. Okay. Right in a Highland Park. So oh, it was yeah. pretty close to the university. Yeah. So I kind of had a good amount of like city exposure. Mm-hmm. But then I moved uh, to Wilmer. <laughs> Kind of in the middle of nowhere, a little little smaller town. I mean, it's still yeah. twenty thousand people, but it's like it's in farm country. Like, yeah, it's just farms all around it. Um, and yeah, it's it's totally different. I, 
when I was little, I was kind of afraid of the cities because there was just huge buildings, you know, all these people, right. all these cars. It was just kind of chaos. And so when I moved out to Wilmer, I was like, this is kind of peaceful. Like, yeah. there's not a lot going on, just people kind of living their lives, moving on. Yeah. Um, and so I actually really enjoyed it when I was out there. But then, like, you know, once you get to high school age, you're like, man, there's nothing to do here. Like, <laughs> this is so boring. Right. <laughs> like, what am I going to go do, sit in the Target parking lot? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so moving – or, yeah, coming to the cities for college was really enjoyable because yeah. there's a lot of stuff around here. You can, you know, you can meet a lot of friends and network with a lot of people. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of coming to St. Thomas in the cities. What is there to do in Wilmer? Um. There's this town next to Wilmer called Spicer. <laughs> yes. And they have a giant lake and they have like a like a arcade and or not an arcade but like a like a little fun zone with like go-karts and mini golf and Okay. So you don't go to Wilmer, you go to Spicer. To <laughs> you go to Spicer. To go to the lake or to yeah. go drive mini karts where or things or are a little go-karts. bit spicier and yeah, spicier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh let's go back to here to the St. Thomas campus. So sure. you're a junior, right? I am a junior. Yes. Um so you've been here for 3 years. Um best place on campus. Best place on campus. Um my freshman and sophomore year, I would say my dorm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to see people, but uh um for me recently, it's probably been the the indoor track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but <laughs> yeah, that's just where I spend most of my time and where I kind of socialize and meet most of the people that I engage with at the campus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's the thing when you talk to former athletes that they miss is the camaraderie. Yeah. The teammates. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you have a favorite professor? Favorite professor. Um, I, this last semester, I just took Dr. U for organic chemistry, and uh, she, she's a very kind and good professor, but she's yeah. also very, like, um, on top of making sure you're you're getting your work done, and so I like that, because she has a good balance between being nice, but also being, like, strict and making sure you're being disciplined with your work. Yeah. Um, and so I'm actually taking her next semester also for organic chemistry, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, how is organic chemistry? That just sounds hard. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it was very humbling for me. <laughs> I was like, man, I got to put a lot of hours into this class. Yeah. How did you do? Uh, average. Average? <laughs> I got to okay. bounce back next semester and do a little better. But yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, because you were a, over a 4.0 guy in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. High school, I was doing pretty good. Yeah. College, still doing good, but yeah. a little less good. It's different. It's a different level of yeah, it's study. Very different. Yeah. yeah, and then mixing the track and all of that. Yeah, track make the track definitely makes it a little harder to get high scores, but yeah, you know you do your best. Yep. Um, favorite food. Favorite food, man. Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> That'd be the hardest question of the day. <laughs> um, I'd say authentic Mexican street tacos. Yeah. Those are good. With just some cilantro and just onions. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have some good sauce there, too. A little mm-hmm. salsa. Uh, spicy or mild? I wish I could say spicy, but I can't handle spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite movie? Movie. I just... Uh, Oppenheimer just got a bunch of awards at the Golden Globes lately, and yeah. I remember watching that six months ago, and I was like, wow, this movie is great. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably say Oppenheimer. Uh, I don't know if my film professors would agree with that. I've taken two <laughs> film classes, and I've what I've come to learn is that usually the films that are a little more out in the public aren't usually the greatest films. But right. I I enjoyed Oppenheimer. So yeah, well, there's there's the difference between the mass 
the like uh, entertaining the masses. Yeah. And then making like a real art piece, yeah, right? Like, like a deep film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've done a couple of film classes. You must be interested in that somewhere. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do enjoy film. I think there's like I think there's a great importance for film in society. I think they can commentate on things that are more difficult to talk about, like in the general public. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I I do enjoy I do enjoy film. Yeah. What would your film be? The f the Sam May presents. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a good question. Okay. So then your favorite non-mainstream movie. Non-mainstream movie. I don't know. Is Schindler's List mainstream? Yeah, probably. <sighs> but, it, it, but it does speak to a very important subject. Yeah. yeah. I, uh... Do you know the movie The Lives of Others? I do not. Okay. That that was like a I just watched that film or in my film three hundred class recently. It's like a German film talking about like um I don't know, it was like the the Stasi, the German Stasi and how they're like spying on uh, a bunch of the the East German citizens and um I don't know, that film might be mainstream, but I I thoroughly enjoyed that film. I thought it was yeah. well produced and well put together. Made you think? And and yeah, yeah, very much, yeah. So do, when you watch a film now, after taking those classes, can you see like the cinematography of it? And, yeah. Like, because sometimes I just watch a movie and it, you just experience it. You don't know why, but right. now you could probably break it yeah, down. Yeah, you, you have a much greater appreciation for like all the stuff that went into it. I mean, there's there's so many different camera angles and shots, and you know, thematic thematic um, under underpinnings behind tons of scenes. You know, yeah. You you realize like certain scenes are put there for a reason, and there are a lot. Even though they seem like unimportant, they're actually super important. Yeah, yeah. And camera angles, like what a upshot means, a yeah, downshot, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, it's fascinating to me, like how just that camera angle can change how you feel about something. Yeah, yeah. I think that part's really. Yeah, cool. that's something I never thought about before I took a film class. I'm like, oh, that's actually like kind yeah. of important. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But now you also can see, oh, this is how they're trying to make me feel a certain way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are, are you much of a music guy? Uh, yeah, I do. I do enjoy music. <laughs> Your favorite album or band? Um, not really. I mean, my music playlist is like every single genre. Um, but yeah. <laughs> recently, I don't know. This is kind of weird, but I've been listening to like Orthodox Gregorian chants <laughs> recently. Interesting. <laughs> which is like a very odd thing, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just was like, man, these are kind of cool. <laughs> so I'm gonna listen to these. How'd you find those? I don't know. I think I was like scrolling my reels page on Instagram, and like an Orthodox video came up, and it was just like this. Like Byzantine chant, I was like, "This is kind of a sick like chant, man." Yeah, so yeah, I started so, listening to them. And can you find those like on iTunes or? Uh, I just go on YouTube and find like an hour playlist. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way to do <laughs> it. So then, uh, before uh, meet, what are you listening to? Nothing. Not it's just me. Just uh, you? yeah. I can't. If I listen to music before meet, I just get like too hyped, and okay. then I feel like I use all my energy before the meet and not in the meet. Interesting. So I have to. I try and like be monk mode before me. It's like I just try and not talk to anybody, just kind of be by myself and yeah. just just kind of calm myself down before I exert all my energy during all my events. Meditation mode. And yeah, pretty yeah. much meditation mode, yeah. yeah. Uh, a reader? Are you a reader? Um, Not as much as I should be, but I did read a couple <laughs> books like last summer. Yeah, what were they? If you say Colleen Hoover. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read... Uh, um. I read, what's it called? Oh, I read the Gulag Archipelago okay. by 
I think it's Fyodor Dostoevsky. Yeah. Which talks about kind of like the, the gulags in Soviet Russia. Yeah. Some light reading. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh that was a very depressing book. Yeah. Um so something that again that would mentally stimulate you and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do to relax? Um Sometimes I just like sit and stare at the sky for like twenty minutes, like mm-hmm. just try to try and do nothing. Um I do like um water induction meditations, which okay. kind of sounds weird, but like you just kind of pretend you're you're sitting in a chair and you just kind of pretend like water rises and covers all your body parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do that and I find that that really kind of calms my brain and calms me down. Yeah. Um, I like to golf a lot. Yeah. Golfing is something I really enjoy. Um, sometimes I play Minecraft. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently on like a two week Minecraft phase right now. Okay. Um, Are you yeah. a um, adventure mode guy or a creative mode guy? Adventure for sure. Yeah. 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 So do you like um, the exploring through or the mining or like do you establish your base and yeah. your fortress and build it up? I kind of just like building stuff. I like yeah. I like making towns. Like yep. I just made a like a Japanese temple in one cool. of my worlds. I followed like a fifty minute like tutorial on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I did like a whole I started with the baseball stadium. Yeah. And then started creating the town around <laughs> that. And then next thing I know I'm like doing a replica Saint Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just keeps it going. It takes a long time too it to does. build that stuff. Yes. Yeah. I've lost a lot of evenings <laughs> to Minecraft. I understand. Uh golfing wise, how good are you? Um, that's a loaded question. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. Um, I'd say I probably, on average, shoot like low nineties. Yeah. So I'm I'm like okay. You're be- you're average. Yeah, better yeah. than average. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like horrible, but I'm not great. Right. Um. Yeah. You can go out and you can get some pars. You yeah. Can maybe yeah. get a birdie. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I'd say usually like early season I suck at golf, mm-hmm. but then late season I'm usually pretty locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite course around here? Not really. I mean, I haven't played too much around here, to be honest. Um, yeah. I've played, like, the Highland. I don't know. There's a course in Highland. I've played that one a couple With times. With the Snoopy Bunker? Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that one enjoyable. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Uh, tell me about the sweatshirt you're wearing. Yeah, so this is my friend's brand called Amphiva. Yeah. Um, Just recently started it, like, a couple months ago. Um, He was kind of just trying to fill the gaps for athletes. He wanted to... Uh, like found a company where it's like uh you can wear clothes that are like you know you can wear them for athletic endeavors but then you can also wear them for leisure wear like off off of you know the court or the field like out of practice mm-hmm. um and then also something he's doing with his brand is he's kind of trying to um because now we just got the nil stuff for college athletes so he's trying yeah. to trying to utilize that and get a bunch of you know um nil deals with different athletes to try and help make them money also as long as well as himself so it's kind of a cool um kind of a cool brand and it's kind of in a market space that you people don't really um think about yeah it looks comfortable yeah it's very comfortable (laughs) enjoy it you'd recommend it i would for sure recommend it yeah okay and it's spelled a-m-p-h-i-v-a that's correct, yes. Yeah, so so people who can find it. All right, so Sam, this is how we end the podcast. We always start with Why St. Thomas. We always end it with uh, when you leave next year, what do you want your legacy at St. Thomas to be? Um, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, I'm hoping to leave my names on some record boards, mm-hmm. but ultimately that doesn't really matter. Um, I hope people can, like, 
when they think of Sam May, they're just like, oh yeah, that kid was a, he was a nice guy. You know, I enjoyed him as a teammate. He was a good person. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they just, I hope I was a person that they felt comfortable around and that they felt like they could come to with their problems and just talk to about life. I think ultimately for me, that's probably the most important legacy that I could leave at this university. Love it. Sam, it was great chatting with you. Thank you so much and best of luck for your rest of your career. Yes, appreciate it. Thank you so much.